Hi there, I'm Priya Tachdi and you're listening to Talk Impact, a show that brings you inspiring stories, hard-earned insights and tips from leaders who are on the front lines of social change in Asia. Oh my god, how is it September already, right? Welcome back to Talk Impact. I've had a crazy few months and I'm sure you have too. What a pandemic, huh? It's still going on, but we're all still trying to survive and finding pathways to thrive. So I am very excited today because this is a special episode. Wait, I might be excited for almost every episode, but this one, it's a special one because I'm bringing on two of my closest collaborators. Daria Bischoff and Aditi Seishadri. The three of us ladies have been working very closely from the start of this year to bring together a program called She Leads, a self-paced, fully virtual leadership and gender-focused program for women entrepreneurs. And through this program, we've already reached more than 50 women entrepreneurs in India, and we are now getting ready for our second round. Daria is an advisor at the Her and Now Project, a program to empower women entrepreneurs from GIZ, a German development agency. In fact, one of the largest development agencies in the world. Aditi Seishadri is a co-founder at Unlock Impact, along with me. And she's also the business transformation advisor at Stanford Seed, an entrepreneurship program from Stanford University. And both Aditi and Daria have been spending their last few years working very closely with women entrepreneurs. So today in this discussion, we'll jump into what women entrepreneurs really need in the context of the pandemic. And we'll also talk about why it's important to invest in yourself as a woman and as a woman entrepreneur. Hi, Daria. Hi, Aditi. Welcome to Talk Impact. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. Hi, Priya. Good to be here. Uh, It's always fun when you can keep chatting with the people that you're collaborating with. So I'm so excited because the three of us are working on something very collaboratively together, which we'll get to. But, uh, you know, as you are coming on Talk Impact for the first time, I have to ask you this question. It's incredible the work that you you're both doing in your uh, separate organizations, Daria, you with uh, GIZ and Aditi with Unlock Impact and Stanford Seed. So I'm curious to know, you know, when you started out as career women, is this where you thought you'd end up, or is this the path that you thought you'd pursue? Maybe Aditi, I'll start with you. How did you end up here? Okay, so uh, if you had told me when I started out that I would end up here, I wouldn't have believed it at all because I had um, I had I had a very different idea of what I was going to be doing with my career, and that involved basically, you know, I studied media and communications, so I thought I was going to be like a frontline journalist or like a really uh, you know uh, renowned feature writer, author, Pulitzer Prize winner, (laughs) or whatever, all of those things, or even not that, but just, you know, my heart was in journalism and in the media, so that's where I started out. Um, I was actually, I didn't know anything, I was not, you know, I I didn't pursue entrepreneurship, I didn't pursue business, Uh, it was in fact, uh, it 
you know mine that was my rebellion i was like i'm not going to go and get into business and do an mba like everybody else around me i'm going to be this person so it the irony is that it's come all the way this way and now i am I am someone who works in entrepreneurship and works in business and I run a business myself. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So, uh, so it's been like a, a circuitous route to get here, uh, but a very, very fulfilling uh, and a very interesting journey to get here. What happened was, um, so when I went to study media, actually, so the course that I did uh, focused a lot on social challenges. So it was actually a course that was to use the power of the media to throw the spotlight on social challenges in this country, which included, which was everything, right? Which was inequity, injustice. Uh, it, one of the things that was uh, Vivo made to be very clear about the privilege that a lot of us came from and how we could use that privilege to kind of talk about people who didn't have access, people who were marginalized. So even if you were doing journalism, the emphasis very much was about on, you know, journalism for social causes, or if you're making film, it was film for social causes, all of those kind of things. So I think it was really at college um, at the Sophia Polytechnic Social Com Communications Media course that I, you know, I kind of got this very, very good understanding of what, what social injustices, social challenges, social inequity in our country was like. Um, it took 20 years, uh, but the, it was very, it was, it took 20 years to really understand it at that level. But I think the impact has stayed since then. So even when I got into media, it was really, uh, you know, I eventually when I got into journalism, it was really to kind of, I thought I was going to change the world. I was very idealistic and I really thought I was going to, uh, you know, do all of those things. Um, the fact that I'm not in the media anymore uh, is actually not that it doesn't matter so much to me anymore. What really stayed was the fact that, uh, you know, I moved entirely to the social impact sector, like that, that's how much of an impact it had. So eventually, that's what happened. I kind of, you know, my path kind of led me here where uh, from media, I moved to like very traditional nonprofit space, because I felt that um, I could play a role, I kind of had an understanding and an idea of what role I wanted to play in kind of giving people that voice and finding a way to give them a platform to not, you know, to address some of those issues that I had understood. And then over time, you know, moved into social entrepreneurship. And now, of course, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I play two roles. I run I run a business of my own, which works in social impact. And I also, I, I'm, advi I'm a transformation advisor for a lot of businesses in India that have a lot of deep social impact. So, uh, so the way, the means of it, kind of changed but um, I think the goal kind of you know that got set you know way back like when I was about 20 and I think that has kind of in fact not didn't shake at all in fact got stronger and stronger so so that's how I landed up here. I'm sure uh, both Daria and I will resonate fairly strongly with that so Daria I'll jump to you. Yes, it was also a couple of coincidences, lucky coincidences. Um, I would say that I ended up um, in this entrepreneurship space because I'm a political scientist by training, um, so not really related to um, yeah anything entrepreneurship. Um, but I'm I'm very happy it turned out that way because um, yeah, working with these women in our programs is super inspiring and motivating every day. Um, I'm always amazed by the dedication, by the creativity, the grit, the aspirations they have. So it's been, yeah, like a real privilege over the last two years to be part of their journeys and try to support them 
as best as we can along the way. Um, and I personally learned a lot from them and working in the space and it's been a great learning experience for myself. Great. And you specifically, you know, what you're kind of, you know, working from the international development side, right? Like working with government, uh, working in foreign aid. Um, was that something that was on your cards? Uh, you know, as a political scientist, was that like an area that you were thinking about when you were starting out? Yes. I mean, when you start out, you Oh, like when you study, you always have these big ideas, right? Even foreign service or um, development uh, corporation. And then I, I choose the development corporation track basically because I wanted to do something a little bit more practical. Um, and now I'm, of course, a link between um, you guys who are doing the work on the ground and the more institutional side. So um, that's nice. But in the, in the future, I also, um, I would like to yeah, develop a little bit further into yeah, the practical aspect of um, development cooperation. <laughs> that's great. I think, yeah, I think that's what I find really fascinating about the work that we do. And my journey is not so different from, you know, little bits of what both of you said. My love also started with politics and seeing how, you know, the role of politics can change people. And that's what always got me interested. And when I started my career, as I kind of tried to see, okay, what is the best way to create impact? And I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship either. I never thought about business as, you know, like doing good. It always kind of regular companies and jobs. You never thought about it in the context of social impact. And I think uh, it's quite interesting that we found ourselves at this kind of crossroads of entrepreneurship and solving social and environmental problems. So for me, uh, both what Aditi said about, you know, like making that big change in the world, for me, it was more public policy and research, a bit of journalism. So I was trying all these different things to kind of figure out, okay, what's the best way to create impact? And that eventually led me to coming across by accident again, like you, Daria, uh, you know, social entrepreneurship. And that's what's kind of put me on this path as well. So it's great to hear both these stories and I connect so much with it. I think one of the big things for us, I think all of us have been reflecting uh, in this pandemic. Um, We're, you know, again, here, here we are recording, uh, you know, virtually, which is great because we're, we're all in different parts um, of the world and we're able to do this. But the pandemic has really uh, brought to the forefront the challenges of businesses and how it's really affected every single person on the earth. But more so, I think, in the context of our work, which both of you touched on, which is entrepreneurship and specifically working with women. I think we can't understate how disproportionately the pandemic has affected women by the added responsibilities, things since everything is closed down. But especially for women entrepreneurs, their businesses were also affected. So we saw across the globe that more women have been affected, more women-led businesses have been affected. So from where both of you sit, what are you seeing on the ground now from women entrepreneurs, women-led businesses about the impact of the pandemic on them? Daria, let me go to you first. I know that you're working a lot, especially in rural, uh, with rural women entrepreneurs. So what have you been seeing on the ground? Yes, I think you already touched on it. It's like all of them are struggling, of course, but what we've seen and also coming into the second year that uh, many of them kind of also grown through this um, situation. They have shown incredible resilience. Um, many of them changed their business models. Many of them um, yeah, explored new 
channels in terms of um, how they market their products, how they um, deliver their products. So there's a lot of um, yeah, learnings for the entrepreneurs as well, which has come out of this pandemic. Um, of course, some of them had to close down. That's um, that would be what we've seen. Um, but many of them actually also um, yeah, pivoted during that time. So that's uh, the hope we, we um, also kind of felt um, during these really challenging last two years. So as always, there are um, yeah, also opportunities in, in crisis. And some of them were able to, to take these opportunities, um, some of, of them not. So, but it's a long way and it's not over yet, as we know. Um, so we'll see, we have to, um, yeah, continue support them um, and kind of, um, yeah, show how, how they can um, adapt along the way, basically, and take, take their businesses forward. That's true. I think you're absolutely right. It's not over yet and we have no way to predict how long this is going to take or what the implications might be. And Aditi, you've seen slightly more mature companies. You've seen some earlier stage businesses. What have been some of these pivots? How are entrepreneurs and especially women entrepreneurs cope? Um, just to the remark that the, like, yeah. um, the more mature or the early um, at early stages, we find actually that the enterprises who are at an early stage um, had it sometimes easier to adapt their business models than the, the enterprises wow. who were more mature. So there was a little bit more flexibility on their side. Um, yeah, and as our the participants from our um, program are mostly in the yeah, incubation programs, so that might also be a reason why we saw um, that some of them pivoted. That's, a, I mean, that's a really interesting point, I think, about the fact that because they were earlier stage businesses, they had the flexibility, I guess, the larger businesses would have had other challenges. I, I agree. I think we did um, have seen a bit of that. So it's so multiple things happened, right? So one is, I think, um, stage of business, like Daria said, uh, if, you know, you were already kind of a lean model and, you know, you had also the type of business that you had, which maybe was not very sort of capital intensive and not, uh, you know, not sort of because it was also the lockdowns that were affecting manufacturing businesses. People are very dependent on labor and all of those kind of things. So businesses um, that were more flexible, lighter on that end, I think they have been able to pivot and adapt quickly. Uh, absolutely about the fact that entrepreneurs have shown incredible resilience, men, women, everyone has shown incredible resilience in the last one and a half, two years to kind of uh, just buckle down and do this. Um, what I did also see is that, and this was of course when the enterprises were a little bigger, uh, and that's where it comes back some to some foundational things, right? So people who were really, um, people who, yes, they adapted, but they adapted with some long-term thinking in mind in the sense that they were not just like, okay, we'll just do what needs to be done for now and just survive for the, uh, like just, uh, uh, you know, pivot until, until the pandemic is over. Uh, those are the ones which have struggled a bit more. Whereas when people have, um, you know, when they kind of started putting some long-term thinking and strategic thinking into it and what they've come up with as a result of that, I think that has, you know, people have been watching the trends and kind of identifying how to go about it. I think that has been very helpful because then when subsequent lockdowns came, they were better prepared for it. Uh, I think businesses, who, again, where the foundations were strong, where it was very, very solid, like, you know who your customer is, you know what they want, you understand their behavior, you're very much in tune with them, in touch with them. Uh, so, you know, strong foundation in that sense. And also the third thing, basically, 
again this was not all of the businesses where but where they had strong grasp of their finances and when i say finances you know they understood how i some of them had some cash flow or they had like decent cash flow but some of them also were just uh, they were just on top of it so they knew how they were spending their money uh being very sort of closely connected to what was happening in the business in terms of the finances and not just sort of letting you know some just like having an accountant kind of do your auditing all of those kind of things right so i felt like these were some of the things that held the businesses in good stead apart from the fact that they were obviously innovating and you know ideating on their uh, business models um, across the board i think this is something that has really helped organizations who've had some of these things so good strategic thinking very strong foundation and a very good understanding of who your customer is and how you know being very closely connected to the customer and what they need um and this was across the board uh, you know this is what we we saw happening i think specifically with the women um as always there was a double layer uh women entrepreneurs i think um so this again two things happened you know a lot of uh, we saw um, a lot of you know home businesses started popping up people who were like okay we can kind of do uh, they might have maybe they were not in jobs or you know maybe they have maybe they had to leave their jobs or you know things like that but also like people who were like okay some because the atmosphere around them has changed and the pandemic has changed some things they were like okay maybe we can start businesses out of their out of our homes so like home chefs uh, people doing like small business retailing out of the house making products handicrafts all of those kind of things i think um, a lot of women got into uh, you know those kind of small one person two person kind of businesses i think it's the stage after that that really got affected because uh, the people who who had some of those things in place right who had customer traction they had like you know they had some revenues but they don't have enough to kind of ride out a year uh, those are the ones i think who have been really badly hit um, especially of course if they worked in tourism or retail or you know certain kinds of businesses but uh, they are the ones the ones who were looking who were past that first stage and then looking like it would have been the year where they would have gone to the next year maybe they would have put in some capital maybe they would have hired some more people they would have expanded to other regions all of that stopped and in fact i think those are the businesses that have been affected the most um and finally i think of course for women entrepreneurs uh, there was always the you know um, home the home situation so people who had women who had kids who had elder care uh who have you know just your regular family duties all of those kind of things i think uh, the burden you know increased much more on the women i know i've worked with a lot of i work with both women and male and female entrepreneurs and i know like you know there have been times where uh, a lot of the men have been in sessions and they're able to kind of do you know work late do long hours or you know do calls at like 7 in the evening or you know things all all of those things that um uh you know that is easier for men and i think uh, uh, it, it affected a lot of women in that sense because especially women with kids and who had to handle elder care yeah absolutely i also felt that uh quite a few people also took the time out as you were referring to earlier to reflect kind of re-strategizing uh, and i think it really depended on what stage they were in um i also noticed that those who had managed to fundraise maybe just right before or had you know a really good 2019 maybe were able to like quickly respond and kind of really jump into it while others who may not have had that cash flow really struggled uh, but i think the other maybe big disruptor was technology right those who probably already were tech savvy or were tech enabled were able to kind of quickly jump on that bandwagon as opposed to others who may have had to build 
but as you said, uh, the resilience was tested. <laughs> but I think one other thing is also that it exposed, I think, a lot of challenges that already existed in startup ecosystems, like the capital gap, like the last mile delivery issues. And these are some of the things that I know that, you know, uh, all of us have been working on. So in that context, maybe Daria, I'll ask you to maybe just share a little bit about the Her and Now program itself. Um, as you know, your team has been working on this incredible uh, program for the last two years to address some of these ecosystem issues. Yes. Um, so the heart of the program are um, incubation acceleration programs for women entrepreneurs in smaller cities in India, because in these areas or regions, the ecosystem for entrepreneurship in general, but specifically for women entrepreneurs is um, quite nascent. So we wanted to go there instead of the big cities. Um, and these um, programs are classical entrepreneurship uh, support programs. Um, the focus is on, yeah, for the incubation cohorts to turn their business ideas into sustainable business. Um, so we help them uh, to yeah, develop business competencies. They learn how to develop a business plan, how they market their products, how to do packaging, how, um, yeah, how to access uh, market opportunities. And of course also try to facilitate um, funding opportunities for them. Um, and for the participants who are part of the acceleration program, they are really um, supported to take their business to the next stage. Um, so this could be either how to expand to international markets or how to yeah, land a bigger order or like yeah, more funding. Um, so these are the two tracks we have. And then we also work a lot around um, changing the mindset around women entrepreneurship and the potential it has for economic growth, but also for personal development of women themselves. And this is part of our media campaign uh, where we um, have developed together with Indian filmmakers, a film campaign, which really should inspire um, women to take up entrepreneurship as a career choice, but also, um, yeah, encourages the immediate family members and communities around the women to support them um, in their entrepreneurial endeavors. So um, yeah, these are the two, two um, levels we work on. And then we have also a policy um, level where we try to kind of mainstream um, yeah, gender sensitive approaches to incubation support. Um, um, and we work with the um, Indian ministry together yeah, what I love about it is that it's really trying to address the less seen issues, right? Really trying to make this um, a level playing field because what happens in most ecosystems is that if the entrepreneurs are not based in like the larger metros or where all the capital providers are there and where like all these events and activities are happening, then, you know, sometimes they do get kind of cut off. Uh, but also, I think the piece that you mentioned earlier is really kind of changing mindsets um, and encouraging uh, more women to become entrepreneurs. What I've noticed is that it's been a struggle, I think, uh, mentally, it has been fairly draining to keep everyone motivated, to keep kind of the teams going. You start questioning yourself, right, as the leader of the organization of how you're going to, you know, balance all of these things, how you're going to keep everyone motivated. So Aditi, a question to you on this. So, you know, leadership has been um, possibly an area that 
we don't talk about as much. We always kind of focus on like the business side of things. Uh, we're talking about, you know, like the business model, how do you really, you know, scale that and all of the important things around that. We talk a little bit about financing and capital, but very often we other piece, which is really the women as entrepreneurs, as CEOs, as leaders of the organization is something that we don't talk about often. What might be some things that as women entrepreneurs, you know, we really need to focus on because that's a big part, really leading our organizations through this crisis moment. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm going to answer this with like, you know, with two lenses. One is that, you know, working with entrepreneurs and also being an entrepreneur myself. So, you know, at, at Stanford Seed, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. These are larger businesses. And I do see that, um, so this, it's interesting, right? Because so the, like I said, these are larger businesses, but the percentage of women in the program is, uh, is really small. It's uh, un, under, under 15%. So that for me is a very telling, uh, telling number because that means, so, so the question is, so the question is, uh, that's always being asked is that, is there, is it that there are not enough women entrepreneurs or they're not enough at that stage or women don't get into business you know there are all of these questions and then at another level I because I have uh, you know of course I run something myself and then through that I interact with a lot of early stage businesses and I can see that the women entrepreneurs all around us right so then I'm like how come it's you know they're not making so then the question is are they not making it past a certain stage or Hmm. is it also that to get to a certain stage, you need other kinds of things, uh, like you said, in addition to uh, a business model and you know a solid business model, all of those kind of things. So for me, the answer is somewhere between all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think increasingly, you know, it's uh, so many women are getting into entrepreneurship, um, and you can see it everywhere. We see it with our work with uh, you know Unlock Impact, and now of course with the She Leads program and everything. Uh, there are and you know there are so many women entrepreneurs out there. Um, so what I, so there's a couple of things. So in it, I, it's not a popular thing to say, but, um, I think we hold ourselves back as women sometimes as entrepreneurs and not because we don't want to like go after things or like build something really big and, you know, all of those kind of things. I think it's more of, it, it's a combination of a little bit of that, but also I think there are a lot of notions around what leadership and what business is, and that is very sort of, you know, it's very driven by this sort of male dominated narrative and storytelling and all of those kind of things. So, you know, and I've, I've felt this myself at times. I'm like, if all, if I keep reading about, or I see if, if, if the role models are always going to be Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and all of those kind of things. And I'm like, I, I, that's not me. So maybe I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not that kind of entrepreneur, right? So at that level, I think that needs to change. And also, I think the fact that uh, there's a lot of leadership coaching. Uh, and again, so this is, a, again, true of men and women. But I think for women, there's another layer here, which is I think there is there is definitely a lot of lead, uh, coaching and training and sort of capacity building and skills and all of that around leadership that women could u- really use a lot of. And it's really just to kind of how to just, you know, some some of it is around uh, your own mindsets, how to shift certain mindsets, but also some of it I think is very useful, which could be around how to actually, 
you know tackle different stakeholders how to build teams how to grow grow teams a lot of the stuff which doesn't uh, you know doesn't often get covered in like mba programs or very business focused uh, uh, programs so so i think that is where that's one of the things that you know i mean i'm i've mentioned several things here but those are few of the things i think that you know that we that exist and that we should try to tackle and i think that will make the difference so then you will actually start to see more entrepreneurs at the later stage because i believe that there is a lot of uh, support around the business how to build a business you know how to get investment ready financing all of those kind of things but not enough around uh, challenges specific to women which is how to handle prejudice how to handle bias how to build your own leadership skills how to you know how to work with teams how to work with different stakeholders all of those kind of things which i think they go hand in hand we also possibly in that narrative we don't talk about a lot of these issues as often uh, when we're talking about successes and you know now more of more often we do hear about uh, discussing failures and uh, it's still in that the ideal kind of tech ceo Uh, narrative i think that's still kind of out there front and center so i i understand what you're talking about in terms of you know the stories that are out there and the kind of role models the leadership is kind of a very interesting thing because many times we don't see a lot of these personal challenges that women entrepreneurs have and that we have to really overcome uh, and sometimes i do agree we do kind of stand in our own way and we may not even recognize uh weighed down by a lot of these external factors or the conditioning that we've had as women so that's kind of very interesting that brings me to the exciting project that we are working on together all of us and that is the she leads uh program you know developed by unlock impact in partnership with giz and her and now program specifically so it is an eight week uh, virtual curriculum uh it has all of these little things that you mentioned other things so we are talking about really leadership competencies the mindset the kind of skills that you need to have as a leader as you're growing your business we also talk about gen the gender specific issues you know imposter syndrome and navigating bias be- getting better at negotiations um and also of course that all important piece around you know how do you get ready to kind of raise capital so it's a very exciting project so daria i'll jump to you so she leads let's talk about it why do you think it was important for uh, her and now and for giz to really you know collaborate on she leads i think it's exactly the point aditi was making um concerning the pre yeah preconceived notion of what a leader constitutes of so what we kind of hope to achieve with the program is to open up this notion of how a leader should behave and what kind of personality traits uh, he or she should have um because what we see is that a lot of women yeah struggle to fit into this preconceived notion um and thereby also restrain themselves um to become the best leader because um yeah when it comes to competencies i i don't think there's just one particular competency of a leader or a leader which what a leader should have but it's more that the person understands um yeah their authentic self and understands what the individual strengths and weaknesses are and yeah get the tools to build a personal leadership style which um evolves around these strengths and weaknesses each of us has so um and that's what we what we hope to yeah um 
yeah, facilitate for the um, for the participants. And I think what's special about the program is that it's really a safe space for the women to kind of um, explore what their leadership personality could be. Um, and they receive, like, of course, the theoretical inputs, um, but then also the practical tools um, to kind of start their own self-reflective journey or exploration um, to yeah, understand what kind of leader they actually want to be. And then all these points Aditi was already mentioning, like the different topics of the weeks are um, a way um, through that explorative journey, which they can do with it, um, through these eight weeks um, and also through self-reflective um, exercises along the way to network events. So there are a lot of opportunities to exchange also with other um, women and kind of do this journey together. And what I do love about the program is that, you know, it's, it's, you can learn at your own pace. So you can watch the video, uh, you can sneak it in, in between maybe preparing meals, you can play it as you're cooking, <laughs> you can sit down and focus on it. I think uh, there is a certain power, I think that comes with being able to do that. But also, Daria, as you mentioned, the self-reflection, right? I think we, there's a, we, we can, we get a lot of content, but I think the opportunity also, the way that the program is designed, um, after each lesson, you get a set of reflection questions, you can think through it, you can reflect on your own experience, uh, whether good or bad, and also think about, uh, you know, make a plan to make that change within yourself and your own leadership style. So I I'd really, that's really my favorite part of the program. Uh, but Aditi, if I were to ask, you know, so who would really this kind of a program be ideal for? Uh, it's really at the early stages of an entrepreneurial journey that people need certain kind of support. Uh, there is support later on, uh, but at that stage, which is basically, you know, you could be like a year or two into your business, you're starting to see some traction in the market, you have a few customers, but uh, you're still kind of, uh, you know, you're still kind of stabilizing and you're at that point where you're starting to interact with uh, other kinds of stakeholders. Maybe you have, you know, you're looking at bringing on one or two more team members, all of those kind of things. And, um, but the key thing is really that you have plans to grow big. So you are looking to grow. You're not sort of, uh, you know, satisfied or you're not going to sort of stay content where you are, but you're actually really looking to grow in the next couple of years, which is why the leadership piece becomes quite important because it is really a leader that takes an organization to that level. And so, you know, those are kind of the, what we call like sort of the guidelines for people who are applying to the program. But more than that, I think it really is for an entrepreneur who cares about their own personal growth and their own leadership skills. So who has a mindset of learning, right? So you want to keep working on that. So you're not just working on, you understand, you see the need for something like this. So you're not just working on what your business needs, but also what you need as a leader. And uh, also looking for community because there are a lot of other people out there like you. So um, it's difficult to kind of go it alone, especially in the pandemic with a lot of access to a lot of other kind of com informal communities being cut off. So if you're looking for some of these things, right, you're looking to really scale your business in the next couple of years, wanting to work on your own growth and leadership skills and style and all of that. And you're looking for a community that's going to help you that you can learn from and that's going to help you do that. Then uh, then I think this is some eight, eight weeks. You're not going to get all the answers in eight weeks. Uh, but it's a start. It's I think the way to look at it is it's a way to start thinking about some critical pieces and then build from that. Absolutely. I think it's a great investment in yourself. Very as often as 
entrepreneurs, we are really like so busy with our day-to-day and like strategizing about like the future of the business, but we have to grow as entrepreneurs along with our business. And so it is so, so hard to like take time out to do that, to actually take time out to uh, reflect uh, on, you know, what skills you need. And as Derry was saying, you know, really think about what kind of leader you want to be. And for me, I think she leads is a great way and a great first step to take some time out for yourself and building your own skills um, and really finding a tribal, right? Like a community that can, that is also going through the same journey as you and like facing all these insane challenges, but also maybe growth. So if I were to ask kind of maybe to both of you, and I'll start with you, Daria, as a woman entrepreneur, if I apply to the program, what can I expect to walk away with? So I think one big aspect is, of course, the the community you will find there. You will find like-minded entrepreneurs who are at a similar stage in their entrepreneur's uh, um, journey and um, with whom you can exchange on the challenges you might face. So I think this is a big plus, which also hopefully um, extends after the eight weeks of the program. The program itself, um, you will definitely learn new concepts around um, leadership. Um, One session is about imposter syndrome, which might be for some of um, the entrepreneurs a new concept and there are a lot of others as well. Um, And you will um, receive short videos every, um, every week and then you will receive also um, some uh, exercises where you can um, yeah reflect on um, what you've learned in the in the videos but also reflect on your previous experiences in similar situation with your team with your enterprise uh, with interacting with stakeholders um, and then we have also networking events where you um, can meet other people and meet the facilitators um, and yeah exchange on the journey so far I think Daria covered everything that happens within the program. So I'm not going to add to that. I, but I think programs like this basically also give you a pathway. Uh, so it's not just what, what, what you learn during the program, but it's also, you know, sort of getting into some of these networks and communities and what comes after. So I think that's also something for people to think about is that one is, of course, there's this community that they've kind of gotten to know, but, you know, future programs from, you know, whether it's GIZ or Hora Now or uh, other initiatives that unlock impact is planning. This is kind of like a pathway and this is a start, you know, this kind of gives you a way to go into all of those as well. So, uh, like, as you very rightly said, I think investment in the future, but in yourself, you know, so, um, so I would like anybody who's applying for it, I would think of, I would ask them to think of it as, um, just beyond the next two months but actually what this can deliver for you long term and that's what I think it can and I think from you know some of the conversations so we've we've done one round of this we had a first cohort that went through this and one of the big sort of takeaways that I heard from the women entrepreneurs that you know they just love that they could they could watch it they re-watched it they watched you know one video many times because sometimes you know something really resonates with you topics like imposter syndrome or navigating like gender bias when you're raising capital or what you know what some of our women entrepreneurs said is that they watched it again and again so they really wanted to sink in and they you know reflected they actually wrote down reflections some of them recorded videos um, and that you know really kind of helped them process a lot of that information and content that they were hearing. So that's uh, the exciting part, and we hope to welcome 
a lot more women entrepreneurs from all around India uh, to join us. And this is a virtual program, uh, but we'll also have some touch points throughout, you know, at the beginning, in the middle and the end. And of course, as both Darian and Aditi said, it's a great opportunity to become part of a community and have that shared experience. So if there's one call to action, if we are saying to the women entrepreneurs or anyone who might be listening, who might know of a woman entrepreneur, what would we want to say to them? Aditi, I'll jump to you first. I think uh, running a business is hard. <laughs> like I said, I know this firsthand and also from working with other entrepreneurs, running and running a business as a woman is then like two. And then doing that in the pandemic is, you know, another an extra layer that's happened. So there's just so many things that have happened. Uh, and, you know, and I think all of us have shown a lot of resilience through this. So I think for the women, it's really just use this, think of yourself, because I think we, I think a lot of the entrepreneurs are always, you're always thinking of your customers, or you're thinking of your staff, or you're thinking of your family, or you're thinking of other things. This is really, this is for you. So this is something that you think of for yourself, something that you could benefit from. Uh, as Daria said, it's a safe space. So I think that's something that could be potentially quite interesting and exciting for people, which is that this is actually something that's purely for them. And it's not, it's not that it's, you know, beneficial. And yes, therefore it benefits everybody else. I think the fallout will be that, of course, it'll benefit your business, it'll benefit your team, it'll benefit your family. But this is something that's really, um, you know, choose yourself, choose to do this for yourself. And I think, um, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> Great. Daria, any call to action to any women entrepreneurs that are listening in? Of course, for all entrepreneurs, um, time is a really scare commodity. We all know that. Um, but I think this is really like a good hour per week, which you invest in, um, in yourself, but also in your enterprise, in your team. And it will definitely be worth it. And it will show um, also yeah, how diverse leadership can be. And um, we should all embrace this diversity as well and um, make it come through. It's a good opportunity to come together as a, as a community of women entrepreneurs and as yeah, future leaders. Beautiful. I think very beautifully put, both of you. It is uh, you know, really a call to join this community, um, be a part of this program, invest in yourself, and you'll see that you know, that's an investment in your business and in kind of your own community around you. So thank you so much, Aditi and Daria. Thank you for uh, sharing all about She Leads and talking to us about, you know, why you're so passionate about supporting women entrepreneurs. Uh, really great having you here. Thank you so much. This is a well-spent hour. This is, it's so much fun to talk about things you really care about. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun. So that's the message from today. Invest in yourself. This past year has been so difficult for all of us, for so many of us. So much loss, grief, and really exhaustion, fatigue. It is okay to take time for yourself. It's okay to take a breather and refresh and rejuvenate. And most importantly, taking time out to upskill yourself and invest in yourself so you can be the best version of you. To find out more about She Leads and follow the journey of the women entrepreneurs who are joining us and also other initiatives that I'm part of, you can find me on all social media at Priya Tachri. I hope you're staying safe and I'll see you soon.